Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello and welcome back to Mads World. I'm your host Mads and I hope you've been enjoying Mads World so far. If you have, please remember to subscribe, rate and review the podcast on your favourite listening platform and follow me on Instagram, it's at madsworld.mp3. This week on Mads World, I'm joined by Laura Clark, a friend of mine who is currently undergoing the Egg Freeze and Share program through the London Egg Bank. We chat about the stigma of donating your eggs, the process itself, the emotions involved in the experience, and everything to be considered if you are thinking of proceeding with egg donation. Laura has been living in London for nine years, having moved from New Zealand. She's a complaint specialist for a fintech startup, and in her spare time, when she's not playing netball or exploring London, she's a writer and an actress, and will be performing in a play she's written next year called The Price of Life. I'd like to flag prior to our chat that neither Laura or myself are professionals in this space and this episode is based on personal experience and opinion. You should consult your GP or the London Egg Bank if you're looking for further advice. Hi, Laura. Hello. How are you? I am good, thank you. How are you? I'm great, thank you. I've spent the day in Brighton yesterday, which was amazing. We took my friend Dan, who is gay, and he's never actually been to Brighton, so it was a very big day for Dan. I know it was his big day out. Um, (laughs) Love it. Because obviously Brighton is the gay capital of the UK, so yeah, he he loved that. But how's your weekend been? Yeah, my weekend's been very good, thank you. I watched um, the new Cinderella movie yesterday. I've heard that it's bloody terrible. (laughs) Well, I do. I do love a musical though, so I was just like, oh. <laughs> but yeah, I kind of liked it. <laughs> oh, well, that's all right then. I'm easily pleased, to be honest. <laughs> um, so let's kick off with our speed date question round so everyone can learn a little bit more about you. So would you rather win the lottery or work in the perfect job? Oh my God. So do you know what? I like used to spend far too much, in my old job, I used to spend far mm-hmm. too much time like looking at right move. And looking at, like, looking, because I got everyone in my team to start a Euro Millions yeah. so that we could try and win the lottery, more chance, more people, right? But, and I would just, like, look at all the mansions I'd want to buy and just fully dreamed of winning the lottery. <laughs> yeah. But I recently got a new job and mm-hmm. I've not looked at right moves since because I'm just so happy in my new job. And I actually feel like I would rather have the perfect job because I think having so much money would bring all these other problems, wouldn't it? It would. And I think money comes and goes, whereas, exactly. like, 
all we really have is time. And if you're going to spend yeah. eight hours a day doing something, I'd rather work at the perfect job. I, I think I agree with that. Yeah, like absolutely. Who would you want to be stranded with on a desert island? So, I mean, I feel like I obviously want to say like a celebrity crush, like Jake Gyllenhaal or, or Robert yep. Pattinson or something like that would be great. But what if you get there? <laughs> And they're like an absolute dick. Like, yeah, kind of stuck with them. So I, I honestly think I would actually want to be there with my best friend. Like, we spent lockdown yeah. together, me and her. And honestly, like, there's no one else I think I could have done that with. We didn't argue at all. We really? Were like, not at all. Like, we said to each other when we realised it was going to go on for a little while. We just kind of said, look, if anything annoys you, big or small, just like tell each other and let's just have an adult conversation about it. Um, Love and that. yeah, we just had the best time. That's so good about you and your best friend. Yeah. I think I lived with, in a share house that was a tiny flat in like an ex-council estate with three of my mates. And although we like almost killed each other, I think maybe I'd say the same when things were good because we we did kind of get yeah. through it and it was pretty fun most of the time. But yeah, probably someone like Bear Grylls yeah. as well that could like get you through it, you know? Who knows what he's doing. Ooh, that is so true. Do you know what though? I did used to be a girl guide and a girl scout. So I do mm-hmm. fancy myself as being like a bit, of, a bit of a survival person, to be honest. I love that. I'd like to Powerful trait. <laughs> um, so, if you had the power to do so, would you go forward or back in time? Hmm. I mean, I have some questions about this. Do I get to stay my same age? Yes, yeah. So I don't age or anything like that? No, so you could go to like 1900 and like you would be the same. Do you know what? I think I would rather go back in time. Like, I've got like a bit of a weird, I don't want to say obsession because it's going to sound real creepy, but mm-hmm. I've got a bit of a weird thing about um, graveyards and cemeteries. Oh my God. <laughs> and like, I love going into them and seeing how old they are and just wondering the lives that those people live. Like, could you imagine? Yeah. You know it's I mean? wild. And also you could do that thing that you do in, um, oh no, I was going to say that you could do that thing in Back to the Future where it gets the almanac and then he places all the bets, but that's the future. So don't even worry. <laughs> that's what I would do. Well, I would go I to the future and place bets. Does, doesn't he go back in time and go to a horse race or something and he knows which horse is going to win? Something like that. I feel like, that's oh yeah. Movie, surely. Yeah, that it actually would work in reverse. So you have yeah. to go back in time and you know which like football team is going to win so you can bet on it. So yeah, exactly. I would go back in time <laughs> oh my god so how would your friends describe you so I actually asked my friends this question because I was kind of like oh I know how they describe me and had all these like ideas about it yeah and then I kind of thought actually that's my idea of what my friends think of me it might not okay. actually be correct so I decided to ask them and they were so lovely I'm not oh. sure if they were being truthful but um they said that they would describe me as lively outgoing considerate very caring gregarious <gasps> audacious which I was kind of like what isn't that bad no that's great it's very interesting it makes life interesting does they said funny but not quite funny enough to be a stand-up comedian which okay I was not happy about (laughs) but you know that's okay funny enough to go on a podcast though so that's good well hopefully (laughs) I mean we're here so you know we are (laughs) um and then life of the party and sassy which I thought was pretty accurate they are all fantastic describing words you have really nice friends I do right (laughs) I was like guys where's the truth that oh my god I love that and my last question is what is the best date you've ever been on the best okay so I was like thinking about this and then I remembered mm-hmm. I matched with this guy on Hinge and we were chatting and mm-hmm. we never ended up going on a date kind of fell by the wayside and then we matched again like about eight months later and so mm-hmm. we were chatting and like we quite quickly organized the date yeah and I said to him that I would kind of like because most people just want to go on a drink which I think is so boring yeah like, I agree do an activity or something be like yeah 
you know. So he planned um, this date and we went on an open ear bus tour of London that was also a pub quiz. Oh, my um, God. It was so cool. Except we only answered like the first three questions of the quiz because then we were just like chatting and stuff like that. But it was honestly yeah. such a great day. So, oh my god, that is such a good idea for everyone listening as well. I'm totally going to plan that for my next date. So, is it like a tourist thing, like an open air bus tour? Yeah. So, like it was, um, I think what? it was just on like Design My Night or something. And, um, Sick. yeah, the only issue with it was because you could also take your own alcohol on it, which made it even like better because it was like cheap and cheerful. Yeah. Um, but the only issue was there was no bathroom on the bus, but they did stop a couple of times, which was quite good. That's the coolest thing ever. That's a really good answer for that question. Oh, I did want to ask you as well. So before we get into our discussion around egg freeze and share, I wanted to know mm. if you had a really funny or a really bad dating story just in the tradition of this podcast. So I had to think about this. And I was kind of like, hmm, I'm not sure if any of my funny dating stories are like appropriate. <laughs> oh, no, you can t- get weird. Like, <laughs> would my, oh, no, I know, but I kind of thought, would my dad be okay knowing <laughs> this information about That's me? Fair enough. <laughs> um, but I actually um, have been writing a web series based on real life <gasps> funny dating stories. Oh, my God. Um, so I'm going to share one that a friend told me. Um, mm-hmm. I, every time I like think about it, it just makes me laugh because I think it's hilarious. So basically, she'd been on a couple of ten, a couple of dates with this guy that she matched with on Tinder, and um, she'd gone out for some drinks and stuff like that. And she was feeling a little bit like randy as you do, and they hadn't like <laughs> slept together or anything yet. But she was like, "Do you know what? Mm-hmm. I'm just going to flick him a message and see if he's up for it." Yeah. So she messaged him. She's like, "Hey, you know what are you up to? Do you want to meet up?" And he messaged back and he was like, "Hey, yeah, I just got home though, so feel free to like come here if you want to." Mm-hmm. So she's like, "Okay, sweet, I'll come around." But she decided she really wanted some chicken. So I know, (laughs) as you do, do, right? Like chicken (laughs) or sex, what do you choose? Um, She went for both. So she went and got some chicken and she turns, then she gets her Uber to the guy's house. She gets there with with her chicken. He opens the door. They go into his room. He starts like trying to hook up with her and she's like, oh, I'm just going to eat my chicken. She didn't get him any chicken. So she just (laughs) sat on the side of the bed eating the chicken. He's trying to crack on, asks if he can have some and she's like, no. Then when she finishes. Then when she finishes, she's like, okay, well, I'm going to go now. And then she just left. She, she was just after a chicken. She's like, no, nah, now I just want to sleep in my own bed. <laughs> and she like left her rubbish there and everything. I was like, you're a legend. Well, that is so good. So she wasn't horny at all. So sometimes if you think you are horny, maybe you just want some chicken. Maybe you just want some chicken, yeah. Wow. That is brilliant. (laughs) Horny or chicken. Wow, they need to have some kind of BuzzFeed quiz to help you decide if you're horny or if you just want some chicken because I feel like maybe I'm getting confused about this more often than I think. (laughs) Absolutely. I feel like chicken is always the winner. Love this. Um. So I have invited you onto the podcast because you have been generous enough to talk us through egg freezing and more specifically the egg freeze and share program through the London Egg Bank. So thank you so much for agreeing to do this because it's so interesting and I think it's something that um, people don't talk about enough and people have a lot of misconceptions about. So I thought we could start our discussion with if you could talk us through the process of the egg freeze and share program. Um, program through the London Egg Bank and how that sort of works just a bit of an overview yeah sure um so yeah so first of all thanks for having me on here because I completely agree like I feel like there's a lot of stigma Mm -hmm. um around things like this and you know it's good to just be a bit more open and stuff about it Mm -hmm. um because I didn't know much about it until a friend kind of told me about this sort of thing and then obviously Mm -hmm. since I've been doing it it's just like blowing my mind Mm -hmm. um but so basically the London Egg Bank um they have a program called Egg Freeze and Share, 
which is if you are under the age of 36, so legally they're not allowed to accept donated eggs over the age of 36 Mm -hmm. um, because that's just like their legal cutoff. Mm -hmm. Um, And so basically what it means is that I can freeze my eggs and Mm -hmm. donate half of them. And that way I only had to pay for the fertility test initially, Mm -hmm. um, which was like 160 quid. And then I get to freeze my eggs for free for up to two years. And then if I want to keep them frozen, it's just 300 pounds every year after that. And uh, then, yeah, I just donate half of them and people who are in need of them get to use them if they want to choose me to use my eggs. And when you say that um, it's free, how much would it cost if you were to do that and not share your eggs? Yeah, so like for an initial cycle with the London Egg Bank, it's three and a half thousand pounds. Okay, so it's quite a lot. Yeah, like it is quite a lot. And then obviously if you do more cycles, because this is the thing as well, like a lot of people don't really think about, you know, fertility unfortunately until it's too late, like for women. And when I say Mm -hmm. too late, like I hate to say that, but – Basically, when you get over 35, unfortunately, science and, you know, your your egg quality does just go down and Mm -hmm. the the ability to have children with your own eggs is, you know, what is kind of important because you can obviously use your uterus and womb and all those sorts of things to, Mm -hmm. to like have the baby grow but it's just about whether you have eggs available or whether Mm -hmm. you know the quality of them is very good so that's why they say if you're going to do something like this you should do it before the age of 35 36 and why did you come to the conclusion to freeze your eggs so uh one of my friends she actually had um a fertility test when she was like 33 i think and we were just Mm -hmm. chatting about it and, you know, because she wasn't sure what she wanted to do, so she just wanted to get, like, a bit more informed. And I think that's the first time that I kind of thought, oh, actually, that's probably something I should think about. Yeah. Like, when I was 16, I kind of thought, oh, by the time I'm 26, I'll be, like, married, have three kids, all that mm-hmm. sort of jazz. But then yeah. life ha- – yeah, I know. Kind of glad I'm not. <laughs> but, um, you know, life happens and suddenly I'm 35 um I'm Mm. single and it's just kind of like you know you have to start thinking of these sorts of things like do I actually want to have kids and especially do I want to have my own biological children um yeah so yeah so a friend of mine who's a little bit older she is looking to freeze her eggs um and then she was just telling me about it and she said oh look you know if you do it by the time you're 36 you can do this whole egg freeze and share thing and so Mm -hmm. she told me actually I think like a couple of years ago and I was like oh my gosh yeah I'm totally going to do that because then if it's free like why not um Mm -hmm. But then I kind of thought, actually, no, hold on. Don't rush into that sort of decision. There's like a lot to think about if you're going to donate your eggs. Yeah. And and speaking of um, having a lot to think about, what kind of vetting process did the did the London Egg Bank have? And did they have um, any counselling involved in the process? Or Yeah. So like um, basically they are great because I – so when my friend first told me, I emailed them and um, – I was on a marina uh, mm-hmm. birth control, so obviously hadn't had like a period in God since I was like sixteen. Yeah. Um, so obviously there was questions around my fertility and stuff anyway, mm-hmm. and they kind of said to me, "Well, the f- first thing you should do is have that removed so that mm-hmm. you can get your um, hormones and stuff back to normal." Yep. And they were great because I kind of thought, "Oh, surely if they don't get many people donating, they'll like." email me to follow up and stuff which they never did Mm -hmm. which I actually kind of like because obviously this is something that I think you need to think about a lot Mm -hmm. and you don't really want people like trying to pressure you into it or anything like that so I think it was really good that they didn't do that it was all very much I had to go to them about questions and about stuff like that which I thought was great Mm-hmm. And yeah, they offer counselling like that. They're absolutely brilliant. So they offer counselling to like make sure you know that it's something you want to do, and I guess to mm-hmm. make sure you're in the right headspace. But they also say that anytime I want a counselling session, um, 
I can just contact them and they will do it. Like they said now up until I'm guessing end of time Mm -hmm. um, because they said, you know, when I had like, if and when I choose to have kids, there'll probably be things that come up. Mm -hmm. And they also said, if I am having children with anyone that my partner um, can have a counseling session as well. That's great. Yeah. So I was like, it's just a really good system, I think, to make sure that, you know, you're keeping in touch with your mental health and stuff around it. Cause obviously it can be quite affecting. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and so with the vetting process, they, um, the first thing they had to do was do a blood test to make sure my hormone levels were at a specific mm-hmm. level to make sure I was going to be able to do it. And then they did, um, oh my God. And that was so embarrassing. Actually, I had to like pee <laughs> into a cup and I got so confused because <laughs> they had a door that you go into yeah and they didn't then and that was like where the um it was like a single bathroom but I didn't kind of really realize and I don't know why but um (laughs) and this was like still like wearing masks and stuff and so I went into the door and I didn't realize that there wasn't a second door so I didn't think to lock the first door oh god so I'm there (laughs) trying to pee into this little cup I've taken my mask off as well to go to the bathroom I don't know why I'd take it off to go to the bathroom but (laughs) so no I'm trying to pee into this cup and then someone comes in and I'm like oh my god so then like (laughs) I drop the cup goes all haywire no (laughs) I was the most concerned about was they saw me without my mask on like they're gonna be like she's not really <laughs> oh my god she's a rule breaker these eggs are gonna be rule breakers exactly I was like oh god um, oh my god but yeah and so then I had to get some so the hormone levels came back they were like yep you meet the requirements for that so we can move on to the next step so the next step was to have a blood test to mm-hmm. do DNA testing because they screen you um, ah. to see if you have any sort of like genetic mutations or carry or you're a carrier of anything and wow. stuff like that. And they do an STD check, which is brilliant. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they also do an ultrasound because they want to see how many hair, f- last hair follicles. Oh my God, no. <laughs> how many egg follicles you have. <laughs> <laughs> so they want to check how many eggs you've got and um yeah, yeah again that was like quite awkward because the lady's like doing it and it's one of those internal bloody ultrasounds yeah, yeah like she's up there yeah she's up there and she's yeah. up there and she's like still got it up there and she's pointing to the screen and just like and I'm just kind of sat there bit, well laying there being kind of like could we not like pull that out maybe and then you show me afterwards like you're taking pictures anyway like but yeah but they were all super nice and super lovely and she said um that for me I was very lucky and I had 10 follicles on one side and 12 on the other okay are they called follicles then egg follicles that's wild yeah I know right there you go crazy I've learned so much in this process I do feel like (laughs) I still should know more especially about like female anatomy and stuff but yeah can you ever know everything though there's so much to know it's insane that is so true that is so true but um but yeah she said that the average is between like six and ten um because apparently you're born with the amount of eggs you're going to have throughout your whole life so as soon as you're born and um I'm guessing it's puberty puberty and you start releasing them yeah that's when they start going down from then right I wonder if you're on the pill this is something I'm gonna have to google later but if you're on the pill and you're not releasing eggs do you get to save them up no so it doesn't it doesn't work like that because like whilst you're I know shame isn't it (laughs) I was like I'm gonna have so many little eggs up there (laughs) 
um, but yeah, so like, it do, I don't know why it doesn't work like that, but they yeah. told me that it doesn't work like that. I was oh, like, sad. oh, okay, yeah, <laughs> so sad. But um, but yeah, so they do that, and then once they've done the DNA, so once they've done, so you pass the um, mm-hmm. ovary test, I guess, and then yep. once they get the DNA results back, which can take up to four weeks then if you pass that, that's when you get officially accepted into the egg freezing share program. There you go. um, Yeah. And how did the DNA testing work? And, like, I can imagine this was pretty conflicting to experience if, you know, you didn't realise you were a carrier for certain things or if you had any genetic mutations. Was this kind of an an interesting process? Yeah. So, I mean, that and, like, to be honest, that's exactly what actually happened to me. Okay. Um, and I think because I had like got top marks in the other yeah. tests, <laughs> I just I just kind of thought, sweet, I'm going to be perfect, and yep. there's going to be nothing um, that comes back. And then um, she sent me an email, and she mm-hmm. said, "Oh, so uh, we've got your DNA test results back, and you have to have another um, Zoom call with the doctor." Mm-hmm. And so I was kind of like, Uh-oh. "I feel like that's not good news." Yeah. Um, and so I said, and so I emailed her, and I was like does that mean it's bad? Like, does that mean that, that there is something? And she's like, oh, I don't really know the results. It's just like, you've got to talk to the doctor. The receptionist always says that at the doctor. And you're oh. just like, why are you giving me this anxiety? Just tell right? me. Oh my God, exactly. And I was kind of like, you're going to make me wait 24 hours to know this information? Oh my God, I wouldn't have slept. Oh yeah. And so, um, so then I had the call with the doctor and mm-hmm. she was like, okay, so we've got your results back. And like, it, it was great. But I was kind of a bit like, so she basically said to me that um, one of my alleles. What's that? What's that? So I think an allele is like something to do with your like genetics. It's definitely something to do with your genetics, but I don't fully know what. Okay. I am, I am going to be having a, a counseling session with a genetics counselor, which I'm really looking forward to. Wow. But so basically what she said to me is that um, we all have different alleles and stuff. And that is what, you know, uh, makes up our genetics and stuff like that. Uh-huh. Um, and so, because they can only test for certain things, they can't yep. test for everything. Yeah. But so she said to me that one of my alleles shows that I am a carrier for the genetic um, mutation of spinal muscular atrophy. And so I was just like, wait, what now? And she said, don't worry, you're never going to get this. Like you won't get it, but it just means that you're a carrier of it. And I was like, okay, yeah, but like, what does that mean? Also, I didn't know what spinal muscular atrophy was. So I was trying yeah. to Google at the same time, be like, oh what, what, is, what is this? Um, And she said to me that basically what it means is if I have a child Mm -hmm. with someone who is also a carrier of this gene, that there is a one in four chance the baby would be born with spinal muscular atrophy. There's a two in four chance that they'd be born as a carrier of it. Mm -hmm. And then there's a one in four chance that they'd be born with absolutely nothing, not having it and not being a carrier. And I was just like, I mean those aren't very good odds like mm. is it likely that you that you would like is it a rare thing to have is it likely that you would have a baby with someone who would have the same yeah so I mean that that was like something I was like you know mm. asking and stuff like that and she said mm. that the thing is a lot of people are actually carriers of something mm-hmm. um, they do have something in their genetics that is like slightly not I, I don't want to use the word normal because I don't think that's right but like yeah you know, that they're a carrier of something but most people just never know because most people never get tested that is so interesting that they can find that in like just a blood test isn't that yeah. just crazy oh isn't it like it yeah. blows my mind that they can figure all of that out from one oh, blood test absolutely <laughs> and so then um you know and so like 
I, 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 to be honest, once I hung up the call, I immediately like burst into tears because I just, I wasn't prepared for it. Yeah. And it was just something to be like, oh, well now I'm not just going to go get pregnant. Like, and so when do I ask this question of a guy? What third date? Hey, so do you want to have a blood test to see if you're a carrier of this gene? Because maybe we shouldn't have kids. Like, yeah, I guess that's definitely something to consider. And you kind of just hope and assume, like everyone just assumes that um, everything's going to be fine and they're going to be normal. But I guess that kind of um, it's the same as just assuming that you're even able to have children. I think yeah. a lot of women go into you know starting the not the childbirth process, but like even conceiving a child, and then mm. find out later that they can't have kids. And you've just yeah. kind of it's not even like you've assumed you've just taken it as the gospel for your whole life because it's just like the story that you've told yourself growing up and everything but yeah that's like the thing so the counselor when I spoke with her she actually told me that being able to have a child Mm. there's such a low probability of it anyway Mm -hmm. and she said that's why it's so difficult because like when people do eventually want to have a child and they're Mm -hmm. ready for that they're suddenly surrounded by people who just get pregnant you know without trying and stuff like that but she Mm -hmm. said that if if you've got if you take a couple who are in their like early 20s which is peak time for you know women to be able to conceive yeah and neither the woman or the man have any you know difficulty um with their with being able to conceive and they have regular sex say three or four times a week Mm -hmm. they still only have an 18 to 22 percent chance of getting pregnant oh my god because there's just so much that goes into it she said that you know like our bodies like and she said that's why people miscarry a lot sometimes as well because Mm. our bodies are designed to also um weed out the things where there are genetic mutations Mm -hmm. um, and stuff like that so unless it's a really good quality egg and stuff like that and good quality sperm it's not going to take um, oh so that's why it can take a lot for people to get pregnant sometimes. Which I'm is- so glad we're having this discussion because honestly, I just think it's something that I almost don't even want to talk about it sometimes because I just think I'm going to keep this in the bag for later. This mm. is a conversation for whenever I have a boyfriend or a partner who's mm. ready to have kids with me and hopefully I'm ready. You know, it's just something that you just kind of put to the back of your mind. Because I think the other thing is as well is that like for me, for me I – I know I want to be a mother in some capacity, but mm-hmm. I think over the years mm. that has fully, like the way I've looked at that has fully changed. Like, mm-hmm. cause the other thing was, is that like I was in a long-term relationship up until I was like 31 mm-hmm. and, you know, we were like talking about getting engaged and having kids and all that sort of stuff. And then when we broke up, that's when I first really started thinking about like, well, shit, do I even want kids? Like, why do I want kids? Yeah. And honestly, my first answer was, I want to leave my DNA on the earth because then I'm leaving something behind. Yeah. (laughs) And I was like, that is ridiculous, Laura. (laughs) It's so existential, isn't it? I feel like it's just this huge, like you just kind of go through this huge, weird existential crisis where you're just like, why do I want to have kids? Maybe writing a poem is enough to leave my mark on this (laughs) earth. Maybe making a podcast is enough to leave my mark on this earth. But then, yeah. And I I think as well, I think... um, I was speaking to one of my gay friends about this too, just because mm. if it's two males in a relationship, yeah. they don't have this biological ticking clock that is yeah. kind of between them. So they could, you know, potentially find the love of their life at age 50 and mm. that that's okay and they would still, you know, potentially be able to adopt or mm. have a child in the same way that they would have if they were 30 or 20 or, mm. you know, whatever age. And I've just reached the age this year where my mum was the same age when she had me and so now she I am half her age Mm. and I think that was when I had a massive think about what I want to do in the future and it's just yeah yeah, it's just something that I guess all women kind of think about at some point in their life and yeah it's scary to think about because 
even if you're having this internal like battle or conversation with yourself, mm. you don't speak about it with your friends sometimes because I guess everybody has completely different views on it and yeah. you don't know what your friends are like. Some of my friends have probably had this thought when they were 22, you know. Mm. Some of them may not have it until they're 35. That's it. Like I remember like the last time we went back to New Zealand and saw my family mm. and my sister, because my sister had a niece and so when, or my sister had a child who is my niece. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so when when she had my niece, I was like, well, there we mm. go, my DNA, like ultimately my niece has some of my DNA, right? Got him. <laughs> I was like, done. I don't need to have, need to have kids now. <laughs> but like I do love children, but I mm. quite like the idea of like, you know, either fostering or adopting or like becoming mm. a child psychologist or something. Like I think there's so many different ways in which to be mm-hmm. a mother. But I guess mm-hmm. this is kind of like an insurance policy in a way as well, because mm-hmm. my sister was like to me, oh, you know, you need to meet someone and settle down and have kids. And I was like, why? She was like, because that's mm. what you always wanted to do. Like you just always wanted to be a mother. And I was like, yeah, but people change. And that's mm-hmm. the thing. I think that like, Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. This is Paige, the co host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving Olive in June. Olive in June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Like for me, I know right now I don't want to have a child. I'm mm-hmm. not ready for a child, which mm-hmm. probably seems a bit weird to say at 36. I think it's completely fair enough, and I think it's really wise to say that. I think I think I wouldn't want to have a child, and this is completely personal opinion, unless mm. I was in a really strong relationship yeah. with another person. I just yeah. think personally for me I'm too much of a child myself to look after another (laughs) human being without someone helping me so yeah no I fully get that but like I mean I think the thing is as well is that I've also also like 
as I say, this is kind of an insurance policy that like mm-hmm. hopefully maybe I'll never need to use. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought, you know, I'm just going to be an adult and try and plan for the future in a way, I suppose, that like if I decide I really do want to have a kid yeah. Um, and for whatever reason, because as I say, the thing is, is that as long as your uterus is all intact, you can still carry a child at most ages. Yeah. Um, but so I feel like I, I could definitely go into like mid forties if I mm-hmm. really wanted to use the eggs. But mm-hmm. um, so yeah, I thought I'll just give this a go. Yeah, and just going back to the process at the London Egg Bank. So, what mm. kind of guarantees do they have on your eggs? Do they do they offer any guarantees on? Um, no. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I I don't think they can because like it's mm. it's like it's like anything I guess where mm-hmm. you know they can't really guarantee anything. I actually asked them like what's the likeliness as well of my eggs being used by someone else um because I kind of just wanted to prepare myself like if it was de- if they knew 100% they'll be used like yeah. that's easy to prepare for and what she said to me was she said that um Caucasian women are the most common donors yeah. um so she said you know they've got like you know just over 100 generally gen- 100 Caucasian women generally at any one time that have donated yeah um but she said that you know uh women of like black or asian ethnicity mm-hmm. they are, are really uncommon to donate okay, yeah. Just, so she said that when uh women of that uh, background do donate that those eggs will be snapped up within like an hour of going on the website wow. i was like wow she's like yeah because you know people are obviously looking to try and conceive and potentially want you know to conceive a child that will look similar to them or you know be yeah. of the same ethnicity and stuff yeah um but they're really good they have uh coordinators who who match people as well so um okay that's one thing with obviously the me carrying the genetic mutation of the spinal muscular atrophy. Yeah. Um, they will most likely not allow my eggs to be matched with someone where the guy is a carrier of that as well, just because there's obviously a, like a oh. higher chance. Oh, that's um, a fantastic benefit yeah. of yeah doing it through them. Yeah, and um, they take fo- like they get photos of me. Um, mm-hmm. so that obviously you know if the prospective parents like, oh, we want someone who looks like and stuff like that Mm -hmm. but basically they give you this massive questionnaire to fill out Mm. which um is quite like it's it's normal questions it's kind of like filling out a dating profile in a way I reckon like very like (laughs) in-depth dating profile yeah and then um when I was first looking into it I actually decided to go on the website and like look at the donors because it's basically like a Rolodex kind of online you can actually look at people online and their profile and stuff so you can look at their profiles they you don't get to see any pictures of them okay yeah so um but you basically like you fill out all these questions like what's your job what's your interests what are um like (laughs) how do your friends describe you who would you want to be (laughs) stranded on a desert island with (laughs) (laughs) exactly exactly (laughs) and um so yeah so they ask you all these questions what is your face shape was probably like the weirdest what? one and I, I still don't know I was kind of like I don't actually know I hate this question because I feel like everyone's head looks like an egg is, <laughs> is their face shapes everyone's face shapes oval isn't it like isn't right? that just what humans look like like people say heart I'm like I'm sorry if I saw someone whose head looked like a heart yeah I would call the police because that's weird <laughs> So true, so true. And then they also asked, like, "What's your hair color?" I was like, "I mean, I don't know my natural hair color. Like, it's been too long. Bleach blonde is that an option?" <laughs> um, but yeah, so like, you fill in all these questions and stuff, and then yeah, so people can go online themselves and look, but they do have coordinators that can also match um, match people for them, which is quite cool. So yeah, but they don't they don't have any guarantees that like when you'll go to use them for you, they'll work or anything either. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
And so when um, you're filling out all of these details, I guess a massive question is, are the families able to get in touch with you? Are the offspring able to get in touch with you, you know, down the line, like once they're adults, you know, do you give your, or can you choose to be anonymous? How does that work? Yes. Yeah, so, um, the, so legally in the UK, um, so there is like a, this a thing called the Human Fertilization and Embryology Authority. Um, so I think it was 2005, maybe. Yeah, so um, it was somewhere around then that um, basically a new law came into play that um, any child who is conceived via um, sperm donation or egg donation mm-hmm. is legally entitled to the details of the sperm or egg donor when they turn 18. Mm-hmm. Now, the thing is as well is that, so being a donor, you have no legal responsibility for any mm-hmm. children that are conceived. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, for me, I just kind of think there's like an ethical and a moral responsibility. Yeah, and, I mean, I get that other people don't, don't feel the same, which is completely fine, I think, you know, mm-hmm. each to their own, however you want to do things. Um, but I think that, um, so they said that when they turn 18, they're entitled to my details, but I don't Mm -hmm. have to update, update any of my details. That is completely like voluntary, but I will. Um, so that, yeah, if, if they want to, they can get in contact, but, um, in relation to the parents, no. So the parents never get any, um, of my details. And I actually, I asked some pretty strange questions, um, to my consultant and to the uh, counsellor. Yeah. So I said to my consultant, I was like, because I like to plan for the Armageddon and anything better than yeah. that is great. <laughs> um, so I said to them, and I want to like fully know what's going to happen. So I said, oh, okay, hopefully this doesn't happen. But like, let's say worst case scenario, a child is conceived and yep. is born and then very tragically gets like leukemia or something like that. We're like okay. bone marrow donation is like key. And normally you would test like family members not that I'd be a family member but like same but you're DNA. related yeah but like yeah de- same DNA same genetics I said would the parents be able to get in contact with me then to check yeah and then the consultant was just like um no I was like yeah but like w- wouldn't it wouldn't it be like good if they could because what I imagine yeah. if the child didn't get it, it and they died. the child yeah. yeah and she's like I mean we've never had that happen and I was like, I mean, yeah, that's really good. But like, what if it did happen? She's like, I mean, I don't know the answer to that question. And I was like, oh, okay. Wow. But then I spoke to the counselor about it and she made a really good point, actually. She said, that would be so much pressure for you. She was like, could you imagine? Yeah. I was like, oh, I'd never looked at it from that angle. And then you'd have to kind of like get involved, even if, you know, emotionally yeah. you didn't want that responsibility. Exactly. And so I think that's it. I think it made me take a step back and be like, okay, donating them is like that's it I'm just donating them and then I've got no responsibility from then on interesting and um before we get into some of the more difficult questions which for everyone listening you've given me full permission to ask because some of them are quite difficult but um how long can frozen eggs last so in the UK legally they can only freeze them for up to 10 years okay Um, like it's really different in all in all different countries and stuff like that as well like um the U.S has really different laws than most places Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah in the UK they will only legally freeze them for up to 10 years Um, Mm -hmm. however if you are a woman who has like um, early onset menopause or something like that or basically you're just like um, your fertility you've got problems with it from a young age Mm -hmm. uh, you can freeze them for up to 55 years 
Wow, um, and they last that long. Well, yeah, I'm guessing so. Oh I mean, it's kind God. of like, how long can you freeze meat? Like, does oh. anyone actually know the answer? Yeah, have they invented that yet? Freezing humans? <laughs> oh God, I hope not. That's I think it's. I definitely know that they've frozen mice, and then the mice have been fine. What? So yeah, apparently, no. isn't Mickey the guy who invented Mickey Mouse, Walt Disney? He's cryogenically frozen until the science is invented to thaw him out. Is that true? Oh, my God, I have no idea. But I did hear that Michael Jackson wanted to do the same thing. Well, I mean, like, what's he open to wake up to? I feel like he's just going to wake up to, like, a totally crazy world where, like, volcanoes are erupting and oh there's, like, God. you know, really high sea levels and just, like, all kinds of other things. This is why I also want to go back in time and not forward in time because there's nothing forward in time. It's yeah. too late. There's exactly. nothing there. Exactly. <laughs> it's not even going to be robots or anything cool. It's just going to be, like, lava and bad yep. stuff. Exactly. The world will be on fire. (laughs) Yeah, not a vibe. So do you have a plan and like have you sort of made made a specific plan for how to deal with this emotionally moving forward? I mean, I think this is such a tough question Mm -hmm. um, because like you just never know what's going to happen. And I think that's why I took a long time to like, I mean, as I say, initially I was just like, yeah, let's do it. This sounds like a great idea. And I was like, oh, hold your role or like actually think mm-hmm. about this first yeah um because it doesn't just affect me that's the thing as well mm-hmm. um you know it, it can potentially affect you know a future partner that I'll have it affects my family like I've had big chats with my family about it um mm-hmm. not to ask their permission necessarily but just mm-hmm. you know it, it, it can affect them in a way so I just wanted to make mm-hmm. sure that they were okay and understanding and they've all been great yeah. um they know what I'm like they've been with me for my whole life so they yeah. <laughs> are not surprised by me doing something like this really yeah um but yeah like I mean one thing that the um counselor said which I think was super you know valuable is that like just to you know always be okay with the fact that your thoughts and feelings around it will always change she gave me yeah. some really good examples of things of you know what other people have been through and stuff like that obviously everything was contra- confidential and there were no mm-hmm. names mentioned mm-hmm. but just about like you know say if um a child is born and they get in contact with me I don't have to be in contact with them mm-hmm. you know straight away I can wait until I'm in a good place for it and things like that yeah um, she also said that you know if and when I decide to have children even if they're like adoptive children or whatever just to always tell them about it because if say mm. in you know 20 years time or something someone does come knocking on my door saying hey so I was born from your egg yeah it's a lot easier to explain that when you've already told people as they're growing up or as they've entered into your life um, than it is to be like oh hey so by the way 20 years ago I did this this is thing. your sort of sister yeah Um, and like she just said as well like you know telling future partners and stuff and like I've told people that I've been on dates with Mm -hmm. um which is it's just been really interesting to gauge people's reactions and stuff yeah what what is the general response like is there is it quite diverse or do people usually say similar things um there was one guy who was like oh my god why would you do that like that's going to be your children out in the world like that's so weird I was like oh my god it's definitely not my children out in the world it's just my genetics like you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, that's such an interesting way of looking at it. Yeah, because I think I feel like when I was planning for this episode and writing these questions, I was kind of like, would I do it? But yeah, I mm. think it's such it's such a massive decision, and there's so many factors to, that come into it. I just I couldn't decide. And like I think the thing is, is because it's it's a decision that, as I say, doesn't just affect me. Like most most of the guys that I've been on dates with, have, and like I've mentioned it to recently, mm. have been pretty like oh like super understanding. All yeah. my friends have been pretty like very understanding. Um, yeah. But again, like it's just it's just one of those things. 
everyone because it's such a personal choice. Like I've had some friends who have said that, you know, they, they're interested in potentially looking into doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I've got other friends who I know just definitely wouldn't. And as I say, I think it's definitely all a personal choice. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think it's nice to be able to help people. Um, and who knows, maybe no one will want them. So <laughs> <laughs> they didn't like who you said you'd be stranded on a desert island with. They don't want your egg. <laughs> um so if someone does use the egg do they do they tell you and would you ever want to know that or would you like rather not know that yeah so you do have the option and so because this is the other thing so when you're Mm -hmm. filling out the forms and paperwork and stuff like that they also like ask you all these questions like whether you'd be interested in being part of any studies or can your eggs be used for training purposes and all these sorts of things Mm -hmm. and I just kind of thought if I'm going to commit to it I'm going to commit to it fully yeah um so that that, that's my thought process be with it like you know Mm -hmm. either go all in or what's the point yeah um for me personally and so I've said yes to like any sort of thing um now they do they do give you the option of notifying you if and when any children are born Mm because that's the other thing it might be more than one yeah um like I kind of thought oh it would only be allowed to be one I don't know why I thought that yeah but they say in the paperwork that you can only help up to 10 families I was like families I said so can one family choose to have like more than one child with you and they're like yeah I was like and does that happen and they're like yeah wait so they could have like brothers and sisters with your eggs yeah wow I know um so so yeah so they they can notify you and um like the the council was telling me that um they, they, they had one couple who she donated her eggs and um he her her eventual partner they had kids and stuff and they had ended up having three girls but Mm. when she donated her eggs there were eight male children born from them and so her partner was kind of upset because they he really wanted a son so he went in and they like kind of just explained to him because he she he was kind of like did you take all of the boy eggs from her in the donation and is that why we're not having any sons because she's got no boy eggs left oh my god she was just kind of like that's not how it works but um but yeah so they're like all sorts of things that can come into play with it um but yeah so I can be contacted and they do give you the option they say do you want to be or do you not want to be like you don't have to Mm -hmm. be Mm -hmm. Um, I've chosen the option to be contacted because I think Mm -hmm. it'll just be nicer to know yeah um and then as I said, I'm going to update my details so that they can get in contact with me if they want to. Yeah. Um, I don't get any details of the family that the child is born to or anything like that. Mm-hmm. All I get given details is um, whether it's a boy or a girl. Wow. Um, so I, I do get told that. And uh, when the child is 18, they can have my details. But again, I don't get theirs, which I think is a good system because mm-hmm. ultimately – it's not up to me to decide whether I would want to meet that person. It's up to the person who's born. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what I mean? Like that's yeah. their choice, not mine. Um, I think, yeah, I've got to go into this being like, right, I'm just giving them away. Whatever happens, happens. But um, mm-hmm. in the paperwork, at the end of it, they have this question and it says, a message you would like to leave the child slash children <gasps> that are conceived. Oh, and my God. I was just like what the hell am I meant to write here? Like, congratulations on being the chosen one. <laughs> That's insane. What? But like, what? wait, I mean, if it's personal, you don't have to say it, but what did you write? I mean, to be honest, what I wrote was 
I'll come back to this because I kind of (laughs) – I need to think about that. Right, and I I feel like I've got like at least 18 years to come up with it. But I was just kind of like, I mean, what do I write? And like, what if they leave it as I'll come back to this and then the kid's like, what's this, me? Are you coming back to me? Are you going to come and get me? (laughs) Yeah, I'll completely forget that I've actually done this and I'll be like, shit, remember that time I donated some eggs? What did I write? Um, No, but I – because I said to the counsellor and I said to the um, consultant, I was like, can I can I come back to this because I find this question quite hard. Yeah, and I, they're real good about it. They're just like, yeah, um, you don't don't overthink it though. Like just mm. write, you know. And so basically, I think I'm just going to kind of like write my reasons for doing it, which is obviously mm-hmm. you know wanting to help people who want to have fa- families, but obviously women yeah. who who are struggling a little bit with with that area because that sucks for them. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. Um, yeah. So it's nice to be able to help them. And then also, I'll just say, you know, if you want to get in contact with me I'm completely open to that I've made sure my details are up to mm-hmm. date um but also if you don't want to no hard feelings yeah I think that's a good thing to say I mean it makes you seem like a kind person and like an open person that's the kind of person who you'd want to think as your biological mum you know yeah. yeah yeah I have an, another difficult sort of question for you so How would you feel if someone else uses your egg and has a child and then you went to use your egg and it was unsuccessful? Yeah. So do you know what? I had not thought of this. Um, Mm. And like, so the kind of things I was thinking of was what happens if a child's born and it becomes like a serial killer? That's what I was thinking (laughs) too. (laughs) I I was like, what what happens if that happens? Like, is that my genetics or is that the way it was raised? And like, those were the kind of things I was thinking. And my friends Mm -hmm. were just like, that is the weirdest thing to think, but okay. <laughs> um, but, yeah, my sister actually asked me this question, mm-hmm. and then I was really pleased that the counsellor asked it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I mean, to be honest, that question I think is really difficult to answer. Um, yeah. Ultimately, if I get to a point where I'm like, I really, really want to have a biological child, yeah. and I can't do it naturally for whatever reason, and then I go to use my eggs and I can't do it, mm-hmm. and there have been other children born with with my eggs and all that sort of stuff I I don't I I can't really say how I would feel yeah you'd have no idea yeah it's just it is such a like something you can't plan for exactly and like I feel like I would probably be quite gutted um but I think what I've come to the realization with is it's not something that would like break me if that makes Mm -hmm. sense yeah and I think that's what I needed to make sure is that I would still be able to cope with that Mm because I know that there are some women who you know all they want in life is to have a baby of their own. Yeah. Um, you know, and uh, like I admire those women and I really feel for the ones who can't do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why I think obviously the egg donation scheme is such a great thing because it is enabling them in a way. But yeah, like I just think that's something I'm just going to, if it happens. Deal with you, it at the time. You, yeah. You, you know yeah. that I was saying it is what it is. It is what it is. And I think it's one of those things as well, like at least you've, been told it now yeah. and you've considered it early on and it's not something that's just going to happen later on and then you have to deal with it then I guess emotionally you you can process it now yeah. and um you're aware of it which is yeah. it, which is the main thing yeah and like I think I think that's like the thing is that I think I've also got to get to a point at some point where I need to stop thinking about it as well because when the DNA results came back and they said that I was um the carrier of something they can only test for certain things. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, they can only screen your DNA for a certain amount of things. And it just made me start thinking, 
oh no, what happens if like someone picks my eggs and then the, the you know, the child is born blind or deaf or mm. you know, with autism or something like that. And then the parents decide that they don't actually want the child anymore because of that. And then it's given up for adoption. And honestly, my mind just went into overdrive with all these possibilities. And I kind of yeah. thought, I got to stop with that. Like I got to just think. It's a rabbit hole. Like it just goes forever. Yeah. It really does. But um. Yeah, I've got to think that obviously the people who are going into this and like wanting to be parents, they will probably, I imagine, have similar thought processes and be prepared for anything as well. So Yeah, 100%. Um, have you considered using the eggs with a surrogate later in life? So um, would you let someone else be a surrogate for a child that you would ultimately care for and be the mother of? Do you know what? I've not actually been asked that or thought of that. And it's a really interesting question because... I think one of the reasons why I'm also not ready for kids is I don't actually like the thought of being pregnant. Oh, me neither. Like I feel like when I, right? Like Mm. it's so weird. And like I've had friends who have been like full on pregnant and stuff like that. And then I felt the baby kick and it just reminds me of an alien. Like honestly, it is weird that there is, oh. I think the childbirth, the whole childbirth thing as well gives me massive anxiety. Just yeah. thinking about, and like just everything you see of it, it looks so scary. <laughs> so I'm like, mm, don't yeah. know. And I mean, it'd be nice to like not have to, not <laughs> ruin my body as they say, but just like not have to, yeah, I think it's just the thought of having something in the side. <laughs> Yeah, it's a lot. It's so weird. So, yeah, I think I would definitely be up for that if, like, someone wanted to be a surrogate for me, for sure. (laughs) If anyone out there listening wants to be a surrogate for Laura, hit me up. up. (laughs) Um, Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I've got one more question, and Mm -hmm. I think I already sort of know the answer to this. So I've said, would you recommend this to other women, and what are the most important things to consider? Would I recommend it to people? I think that's such a hard thing to answer because I think it is such a personal choice um you know as I say this ultimately if my eggs are chosen to be used it doesn't just affect me there's so many other people that it can potentially affect Mm -hmm. um and you know it it is something that I think you do need to give a lot of thought to Mm -hmm. um but would I recommend London Egg Bank? Absolutely. They have been amazing um, in everything that they've done. Mm-hmm. And I think the thing is, is that like, you know, in other countries and stuff, like there there are countries, I think it's like Denmark or something like that, where they're starting to get a lot more higher rates of women donating eggs because they're kind of like, why wouldn't you? I mean, ultimately, is it any different to donating a kidney to someone, like to having a heart and put like, or having a heart transplant or something like that? Mm-hmm. Um, you're still using something that's from someone else. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I kind of look at it a little bit like that as well, is that I'm just helping people who, unfortunately, for whatever circumstance, can't use their own eggs. Um, and I don't, I don't need them. Yeah, I really loved what you said as well about um, it's not your children out there in the world, it's just your genetics. I think yeah. that is definitely like opened my eyes. So, Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 
much like doing this podcast. So yeah, I mean, I th- I think that's it. Like, I think that you've just got to change the way in which you look at it. Like, you know, you can you can be a mother of a child that's not your own. That's like adoption and stuff like that. You're still that kid's mother. Yeah. Uh, well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. This has been one of the most interesting podcasts that I've ever done and I've learnt so much. So, yeah, um, I'll put a link to the London Egg Bank in the episode description. So if you do want to check out more information, um, please do so there. And obviously everything that we talked about in this podcast, all personal opinion, we're not professionals. Um, <laughs> having a chat about freezing our eggs freezing our eggs but yeah thank you so much oh thanks so much for having me it's been so nice and i hope that like if anyone is thinking about you know their fertility and stuff especially like women um just yeah like definitely education is key so love it all right bye-bye I hope you enjoyed my chat with Laura. Please let me know on my Instagram at madsworld.mp3 or on my website madsworld.co if you have any stories or thoughts of your own to share. Love and elbow taps. Peace.